Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What is up, everyone? It's good to be back with you after the Easter weekend. And I don't know about you, but it officially feels like spring. The sun, the blue skies, the breeze, the smell in the air, and of course, among other sports, baseball. As America's favorite pastime, baseball has a rich history in our country, and one we're going to dive into in the next few shows. Later, we'll have former Cougar and two-time World Series champion Dane Orge join us. But first, I want to bring on the man whose love for baseball flows like an endless river, Jason Shepard. Shep, how are you, my friend? I am doing great, and that is a great way to describe my love for the baseball. (laughs) Is that not the perfect description of what your heart feels for that sport? I do love baseball. There's something, like... I don't want to like over. Uh, I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but there's there's something very romantic about the game of baseball, and like <laughs> like um, like it takes me back to my childhood. It's 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 the sport more than any other sport that still embraces its history and like holds that history tight. Like more than any other sport, it's the one that you still talk about, you know, games from the 50s and the 60s or even further back. There's just something about baseball that I have always loved since I was little. I totally agree with that. And there, there are so many draws to baseball and aspects that make it unique, like you just said. So in your opinion of all those things, what is the best thing about baseball? I, I don't know. I mean, there's... There's something, for, again, for me, it goes back to my childhood. And I think we're all a product of, of how we were raised, you know, what we were around during those formidable years. And, you know, I grew up in, until I was 13, we lived in the Kansas City area. So, I, you know, I grew up going to baseball games. My parents were divorced. So we lived up in Independence, just a suburb of Kansas City. I'm sure people don't need to be told where Independence is. Uh, but <laughs> so we went to Royals games all the time when I was growing up. My dad actually lived closer towards St. Louis. So when I was with my dad, we would go to St. Louis Cardinals games. So I grew up going to both Royals and Cardinals games when I was younger. So I had baseball around me all the time. In fact, it was my very first sport. Like the Kansas City Royals were my very first team. And and for, and for ever since then because I had that in my childhood, it's just something that has followed me and I I keep those memories of of going to the game and you know watching Bo Jackson in the outfield with the Royals or seeing Ozzie Smith you know, the shortstop of the St. Louis Cardinals. For some reason, it's just that sport more than any other sport I reminisce about more than anything else. I, I just can't put my finger on it, but there's just something that you that just kind of takes you back. It's Americana. We hear that all the time, but I, I buy into it 100%. What's crazy about you loving those two teams is we're going to interview Dane Orge a little bit yeah. later, who actually won the World Series with both of your favorite teams, Chef. <laughs> he he it's actually had be, the, the game-winning, it, it really is, the game-winning walk-off home run in uh, Game 6 for the Kansas City Royals. Don't know if you remember that. I, I, I so do that's remember gonna be super that. Fun to- well, way to go, Shep. Uh, that's going to be really fun to talk to him. And so, yes, I know you're a diehard St. Louis fan. But who's your favorite baseball player of all time? Who would you say? Uh, without question, that would be Kansas City Royals, former third baseman. He also played first base a little bit, George Brett. Uh, George Brett is my favorite baseball player of all time. A uh, little quick story about that. Uh, my uncle, who also lived back in Kansas City, he worked at a, a downtown hotel. 
And for a long, long time before George Brett was married, he would just live in a hotel, didn't have a house. He would just live in a hotel. Hmm. And so the hotel that, that he lived in was the one that my uncle worked at. And so every morning, George Brett would come downstairs and have breakfast, you know, in the little I don't, the lobby area and the breakfast area. And my uncle was able to work out one day where I could go and meet George Brett while he was having his breakfast. So that interaction plus going to Royals games as a kid and the Royals being my very first favorite team, like it's always been George Brett as my favorite. My second favorite, surprise you, it will not surprise you, that I go to the Cardinals and and mm-hmm. it's it's a kind of a toss up between either Ozzie Smith or Albert Pujols. Those are those are kind of like like two and two A for me. There is something about meeting your hero that just ingrains it in your brain too. Getting the chance to meet him as as a, just a young kid, they immediately become your your favorite baseball player or athlete or whatever it is in the whole world. And so I love that you got to meet him. That's awesome. I, I grew up in Utah, so we don't have a professional team here, but I loved watching baseball growing up. My dad played baseball uh, for BYU. So we watched college a lot. And uh, my grandpa was a huge Braves fan, but I just love the rich history. Like you mentioned the beginning of baseball. So Jackie Robinson, I would say is probably my favorite just for the, what he did for the sport itself is absolutely incredible. And I think he's probably my favorite. I love Hank Aaron who just passed away in January Held the home run record before Barry Bonds. What a great man. Two incredible guys. And uh, did awesome things for the sport of baseball. So, Shep, there there are so many traditions, which I love, surrounding baseball, too. So what is your favorite baseball tradition? Popcorn, hot dogs, what is it? What's yeah, your favorite tradition? Yeah, I, I think, look, obviously you have the, you know, take me out to the ball game. That's cool. For some reason... The Sweet Caroline has turned into a thing. Um, I, I still am not 100% sure how that pertains to sports, <laughs> but yet we still do it. And everybody gets into it when you sing it. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I think that I'm a big fan of the unwritten rules of baseball. Like, you can't do this. You know, I I, I know there are a lot of people that, that it, they kind of cringe about when they talk about the unwritten rules of baseball. It kind of drives them nuts. But mm-hmm. I kind of like that kind of that stuff. It, it, it just intrigues me. I think one of the reasons, and you can probably speak to this, I think one of the reasons why baseball, for the longest time, was considered America's pastime, you know, and for those that, that still love the game, like I do, there's there's something, I don't know if it's considered like a tradition, but because it is a slower-paced sport, there's sort of time to enjoy the sport, but also time to enjoy the atmosphere and time to enjoy yes. the stuff in between where you can actually have a conversation in between and at bat but not miss the at bat. I think that's one of the reasons I really love to call baseball, um, specifically on the radio, because not only do we get to call the action, which I find really exciting and all of the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the coaching that goes into it and the decisions that get made in play, but like you have time to, to reference, oh, look at the crowd, and you know you can you can talk a little bit about the weather, and you know you can talk about what you see. Out there. There's time <laughs> to do that. Where in other sports, it's just so fast paced, you can't do that. So, which listen, Chip, if you're on an awkward date, baseball can be a terrible thing to do. Yes, it can be a terrible. You got to fill a lot of time to. if you're on a bad. Yes, date. you do. And and yes, like you said, it's just a slow pace. It can be quiet at times, and you're like, well. By the way, you the brought that part, up. You you brought that up sounding like that had happened to you. 
Is, did that happen it to you? It may have. It may have a time or two. I'm good at making small talk, though. But baseball games can take up to, what, four hours? And yeah, so- I mean, on average, they're about three hours. But, yeah, if you get a you get a game, you know, it could be anywhere between three. Yeah. And, if it, and if it goes into extras, you know, you could be close to four hours. Quick story about my husband. He's still offended to this date. The first date he asked me on was to go to a baseball game. And I said, I would love to. Is it cool if we show up in the fourth inning? <laughs> and he's like, uh... <laughs> We don't have to go to the baseball game. So he took, and I was just genuinely like, I don't know if I want to sit there with someone I don't know for four hours, you know? So let's show up at the middle of the game and you still catch most of the action. He didn't take that too kindly. And so he's like, you know what? Let's not go. Obviously, things worked out for the best. Obviously, but, uh, they, so now he, he's from Houston. Is he a Houston Astros fan? He is, yes. He's, okay. a, he's a, a big Astros fan. So does, does, he bang, does he bang trash cans? Um <laughs> Nope, okay. he doesn't do any of that. I wouldn't say he's diehard, okay. but especially when they were doing well. Of you course, know what I'm saying? he he was a fan. And then when they kind of tanked with all the, the cheating scandal, he's like, oh, "I'm not a I'm not a big fan." <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. <laughs> hey, Shep. So, do you know the story behind baseball's tradition of the seventh inning stretch? We heard that. I don't. I enjoy the seventh inning stretch, but I don't know the history of it. So apparently there are a couple of ideas, but the most popular is in 1910 when President William Howard Taft was on a visit to Pittsburgh. He went to a baseball game and stood up to stretch in the seventh inning, and the crowd, thinking he was about to leave, stood up out of respect, (laughs) and thus the seventh inning stretch was born. But apparently the term itself can't be traced back further than 1920 or something, but that's where they think it came from. Isn't that crazy? That's weird. It also could have been the start of the wave, if you think about it. That's actually a really great point. We got to do some research. Maybe on that. maybe both happened because, on the uh, same day. Good old President Taft. Look at him, trendsetter. I did who, not know that story. That's very cool. Wasn't that awesome? All right. So my my last question for you is, and this is a very very important one. What is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, easily Field of Dreams. Really? Yeah, easily. Easily. Huh? Easily. Yeah, and I know a lot of people will what say. What is it Sandlot? about Field of Dreams that? Yeah. Well. I think it honestly it it taps into everything that I talked about about why I love baseball the history of it the 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 you know romanticizing it and all of the history and that's the ability to be able to sit down and and share a moment um with your dad you know at a baseball game <laughs> it, that, that, like for the, the I, we still to this day like around opening day they will play you know, part of the movie with James Earl Jones and his comment about baseball and um, and his story about you know how everything everything comes back to baseball and when when the world was good, you know, it's just I don't know. There's just something about that movie that taps into everything that I love about the game of baseball. You obviously have great ones like you know Sandlot, and you have like <laughs> the movie Major League is hilarious, but you know, there's for me, yeah, it's uh, it's Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is that movie that can give you chills in a good way and also chills because you're scared to death. <laughs> At least when I was a little kid, I'm like, all oh, these ghosts are coming in his backyard. Yeah. To death. But but now that I'm older, it's a, it is a great movie. I I loved 42 when I saw it. I thought that was very well done. A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. Shep, great is, movie. is up there on mine. And <laughs> another movie that I love is Angels in the Outfield. Ah, that yes. Just, it gets me. With, it gets uh, me time, Shep. with uh, Christopher Lloyd as Al. That's right. Yeah, and uh, who Danny the, Glover. You got uh, Danny Joseph Gordon-Levitt, got... a very young Joseph <laughs> Gordon-Levitt. Yes, I know. I know it's a good one. That is a good. Right, I have Shep. not seen that forever. That's a good movie too. I know you need to show that to your kids. Put yeah. it on your list. 
All right, guys. Well, 24 BYU baseball alumni have played in the major leagues, and one is about to join us. Dane Orge up next on the Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. It's time to welcome on a two-time World Series champion, once with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1982 and again with the Kansas City Royals in 1985 when he had the game-winning hit in Game 6. He was in the league for 10 years and happens to be a good family friend, Dane Orge. Dane, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, you're welcome, Lauren. Glad to do it. So, Dane, before the majors, you played at BYU from 69 to 71. What do you remember most about your time playing at BYU? The best experience I ever had. I mean, I was telling somebody this the other day that the most fun I ever had playing baseball was at BYU with Coach Tuckett and uh, mm-hmm. all my teammates. It was it was a blast. In fact, if you know, I could have played more years there, I would have done it. So, what what is the biggest difference between playing in college and then when you get into the the major leagues? What's the biggest difference there? Well, in college, it's more fun. I mean, you're having a great time. You're around good people. Everybody's rooting for everyone. And, and the team comes first, but really when you start playing professional baseball, you have to take care of yourself because it's all about, you know, uh, it's all about how well you do. It's it's stats. And so you have to make sure that you're doing well. You want the team to win, but really Lauren, it's, it's about you and making sure that you're successful. Well, yeah, it's a business, right? So when you're in college, you're all, like you said, there's that camaraderie, but then, then when, when you've kind of put some money on the line, it becomes a business. Is that just kind of how you felt the difference was? Yeah. You know, that's how I earned my living. And so you had to be successful. There's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more competition and, and, but it's fun, but it's not as fun if you know what I mean. Right. Well, you had two brothers who also played in the MLB, Lee and Garth. How were your parents able to to produce three sons who made it into the majors. I think a lot of well, parents out there want to know that. <laughs> well, actually my brother Lee didn't, he assigned okay. to the New York Mets and he went to triple a, he, he got one. Okay. Rung below so he, he got close. League. Yeah. But Garth and I played in the major leagues. You know, I think really Lauren, it was my dad's attitude. My dad just believed in us and he always told us, and, and I think that was the, probably the most important aspect of us being able to play in the major leagues is that we had a dad that completely believed in us. And so no matter what we did, he was always positive. He was never negative. And so it was just, you know, I just had that, that kind of a father and, and, you know, we were always pretty good athletes. And so he was, he was behind us a hundred percent and we could do nothing wrong in his eyes. Mm, I love that. And I, I know a couple of your kids, so I know you've implemented a lot of those same things into your kids. They're, they're awesome. And so you obviously did well for yourself, played for four different teams, won two World Series. What's your favorite memory from your 10 years in the league? Well, I have two favorite memories, Lauren. My first one was when I played with the St. Louis Cardinals, and that is a hallowed organization. And I was mm-hmm. traded from the Philadelphia Phillies to the St. Louis Cardinals, and that really opened up my opportunity to play in the major leagues. And, and when you play for the St. Louis Cardinals, I remember so many 
uh, major league players from other teams used to tell me, boy, I wish I could play for the Cardinals. I had a great manager there, Whitey Herzog, who believed in me. I don't know where I, where I would be without Whitey. As most people know in professional sports, you have to have somebody that believes in you and the management system of an organization. So playing for the St. Louis Cardinals was awesome. I'll always consider myself a Cardinal. But then, as you mentioned in, in the inter- introduction, when I had that game-winning hit in the sixth game against my old teammate, the Saints, St. Louis Cardinals in the bottom of the ninth <laughs> in, the, in the sixth game of the World Series, that's something that I will always remember. And that's definitely something that none of us uh, small folk will ever get to experience. My dad was telling me a little about that, Dane, and he said, after you hit that, you ran around the bases and your teammates gave you a bloody nose. Tell us that story. Well, you know, the, it was actually, we were down uh, three games to two in ninth inning, bases loaded. I got a, actually it was a, I, one of my best friends, Todd Borrell was the opposing pitcher against me. And he and I were really close friends and, he actually broke my bat, but fortunately, I was able to hit a little lump back, humpback line drive over the second baseman's head, scored two runs. Mm. And, you know, everybody's excited and they come out and they congratulate you. They jump all over you. And somebody accidentally hit me right in the nose with their elbows. And I <laughs> and I had a bloody nose. <laughs> oh, man. So so what did your buddy, uh, the pitcher, say after that, after you hit that shot? Oh, everybody was happy. We were thrilled because that's the <laughs> ultimate. That's that's what everybody wants to do is play in a World Series and be on a world championship baseball team. And so that allowed us to get to the seventh game. And it was just total excitement by everybody in the organization, the players and everything. And that's another thing, Lauren, when you start playing postseason, uh, stats are out the window. Now you're playing mm. for the fun of the game to win. And everybody's fully engaged in winning games. Mm, I love that. That's incredible. So you've obviously played in in a lot of different stadiums. What's been your absolute favorite stadium that you got to play in? Well, always it'll be Bush Stadium in St. Louis. But I remember I was playing in L.A. And I was playing against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who I never liked growing up. I was always a San Francisco (laughs) Giant fan. And there's a rivalry Uh between the Dodgers and the Giants. But I remember playing... In Chavez Ravine, I started in left field, and and they were a storied organization as, as well with a lot of great players. And, and you know, I'd be out in left field, and I'd look into the plate, and it's like it's like five levels high. And I, and I told myself, what if somebody hit me a fly ball, and I actually dropped it? And I remember somebody hit me a fly ball, and I said, now, don't drop this thing. You know, the, <laughs> the, the stadium's packed, and so it'd be really embarrassing, but probably Dodger Stadium. You know, it was a fun place to play against the Dodgers. Did you, did you catch it? Did you catch the oh, fly yeah. ball? Yeah. No, okay, I caught good. the ball. Good, good, good. Yeah, I caught the <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> There's no way you were going to drop that. No, I wasn't going to so, drop that one. So you're obviously, you were obviously an incredible baseball player, and I'm sure you played with some incredible guys, but what baseball player did you look up to the most when you were growing up? Willie Mays. Willie Mays was my all-time favorite. I loved Willie Mays. In fact, I lived and died with him almost on a daily basis. Fortunately, <laughs> he was one of the greatest players to ever play the game, so I, uh, you know, I didn't die too much. I lived really well as being one of his uh, fans, but that's the guy that I – that I, that I liked the most. And I was a complete San Francisco giant fan. My dad and I and our family, we, we really didn't watch TV. 
we listened to the Giants play baseball just about every night. So mm. that's what we did. I love that so much. And, and unfortunately with, with sports, especially when you, when you're playing uh, collegiately or, or professionally, it has to come to an end. So what do you miss most about playing baseball? I miss the locker room, the relationship <laughs> that I had with the, with the guys. We had so much fun in the locker room. We would kid <laughs> and tease and get on each other and, you know, all kinds of different things. And it was, we had a ball in the locker room. Unfortunately, Lauren, I played on good teams. And when you win, everybody has fun. My last year <laughs> I played was with San Diego Padres. We weren't very good. And so the locker room wasn't nearly as fun as it mm. had been when I played for the Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals. It, it's amazing what winning does to someone's psyche, right? You definitely can have a lot more fun when you're winning. So, and I know you, you can't be with your family very much during those times. You're traveling so much. Does your, do your teammates kind of become your family? Yeah, you get really close. I'll tell you, you know, I had an experience. It was in 1980 and Whitey Herzog had just become our manager. Actually, he was a general manager at first. Then he came down and became our manager. <laughs> I'll never forget at the end of the year, he called. It was the last game of the, of, the, of the year. And it was in the St. Louis Cardinals clubhouse. And he said, everybody come over here. So everybody came around Whitey. And he said, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that I don't like personally. And he said, when we're with, with each other for seven and a half to eight months a year, I want to be around people that I like, that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. He said, so everybody <laughs> have their bat, bag packed, their bags packed. He says, I'm getting rid of as many guys as I can. I'm starting brand new. <laughs> and oh, and wow. Lauren, there's 25 guys on a team. And he <laughs> traded 13 players that offseason. I've never heard of that before. And so when I went to spring training the next year, fortunately, I wasn't one of the players that was traded. So I went to spring training the next year and I didn't know half my teammates, but, <laughs> but we became really, really good when Whitey came and he got the kind of players that liked to play that were good citizens and that, uh, you know, that would play the game the way that Whitey wanted the game played. I, luckily for you, you were one of those guys. And I, I love that just because he didn't like him, he's like, you're out of here. <laughs> so yeah, you're like, you're I don't blame I don't him. I like though. half of you guys. You're going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, I, I think you learned so much from sports. I, I, and that's one of the reasons I love sports is being on a team and baseball is, is just so unique. What, what do you feel like you learned most from the sport of baseball? Well, one thing I learned was being able to get along with people, you know, so many people, you know, they get mad and upset at, at, at management or teammates or, you know, coworkers or whatever, get along with everybody. That's one thing that I, that I learned and then do your job as best you can because the team depends on you. And so you have to be prepared every day to play hard, to, uh, you know, be as good as you can possibly be. And you have to be prepared and you have to be able to get along with people and, and especially management, you know, the, to be mm -hmm. able to incorporate the things that they're trying to do within an organization into your, into the, the way that you personally do things. And with the game of baseball is how they want you to play baseball. Right. Oh, I love that. I really love that. I think that's something I definitely learned. You learn to, like you said, get along with people and, and so many different types of people. So I, I think that's awesome. 
uh, that that's what you learned. And there are so many guys now in college and otherwise trying to get into the league, but it's so hard to do, as you know, what's your greatest advice you have for these collegiate guys that are trying to make it into the pros? Well, my best advice would be plan on something else, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just in case Lauren. And the other thing, you know, we had black guys, we had uh, Latinos, we had, um, other players from all over the United States, everywhere. But I would say, you know, plan on something else, get prepared for something else because it's really hard in sports. You have to have an opportunity. I was thinking the other day, I was thinking about my teammate, Ozzie Smith, who played shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals for 14 years or Mm -hmm. however long I know it's at least 14 years. So if you're a young player and you're drafted as a shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, good luck. How are you going to get there? Ozzie Smith's going to be there for 14 years. So, you know, sometimes circumstances prevent you from, from being, you know, a major league player or whatever. And so, you know, so you got to play hard, do the best you can. Hopefully another organization will see you, but, uh, but plan for something else. That's what I think. I I think that's really great advice. And and honestly, probably for with any sport trying to make it to the professional level, it's so rare to be able to do that. So I think that's really awesome advice. Dane. So for, for fans of yours that are, that are out there listening and want to know what you're up to now, what, where, where, what are you doing? You and your family and your wife gay? Well, my wife and I, we live in Highland, Utah. I have a nutritional organization. I I belong to a company called Synergy. That's what I do. But I don't, you know, I'm 70 years old now, Lauren. So I've got really good (laughs) health. I like to do other things. I like to golf. I like to fly fish. I like to do other things. And so I'm at that point in my life where I don't want to work all the time. I want to be, I want to have freedom and do what I want to do and go where I want to go. So um, that's kind of where I'm at in life now. That's what we're all striving for, Dane. That sounds like a good life to me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good life, right. Lauren. <laughs> good. Dane Norch, two-time World Series champion. Dane, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today. Okay, Lauren, you have a good day anytime. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dane. Okay. Mm, bye. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Dane Orge and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Take me out to the ballgame. This is Cougar Tailgate.